You've got ideas, you've got ambition, you've got no time, or so you think. I'm Marissa Lonick, and I help busy moms with big dreams and no time. Join me each week as I dive into time management strategies, goal setting and achieving framework, and inspiring guests who are juggling mom life, work life, fill in the blank life. Dreams don't work unless you do, and just because you're a mom doesn't mean you can't still make it happen, whatever it means to you. Welcome to the Mama Work It podcast. Hey, hey, mamas. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Mama Work It podcast. I'm so glad you're here. You're listening. You're investing time in you. In case we don't know each other, my name is Marissa Lonick, and I am a working mama four, certified intuitive life and business coach, three-time author, and your host. I am super excited to introduce you to our guest today, Lonnie Jackson. Lonnie is a business strategist, mindset clarity coach, and the founder of Empowered to Profit More, M-O-W-R, a program for mom entrepreneurs who are ready to design a life and business they love by empowering themselves to create a customer strategy that brings high profits in time, energy, fulfillment, and income. Yes, please. She is a mom to six kids. You heard that right. Ages 15, 13, 11, 11, 9, 9. Yes, you also heard that right. Not one, but two sets of twins, I'm assuming, right? She's also the host of the Brilliant Mompreneurs podcast and the community leader of the Brilliant Mompreneurs Society. Lonnie, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to chat because as a mom of four with just one set of twins. You are like my hero. And I know I'm going to learn a ton from you when it comes to managing it all. And I'm sure our listeners will too. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the podcast and can't wait to have a conversation. And I'm always appreciative of talking to moms with kids, lots and lots of kids, where everybody's like, yeah, how many kids? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'd love to learn just a little more about your journey in motherhood and entrepreneurship. Just give us the backstory here. Yeah. Um, so I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years, but I like to tell people I wrote my first business plan when I was 15 years old. I was babysitting for my younger sister and did a birthday party for her and um, hosted it for 20 little girls. And their moms were like, do you want to do that for our kids? And so I wrote a business plan and told them how I would do it um, and charge them money for it. And when I first started having babies, I really wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and and I was able to kind of come up with some creative ideas. I did some of the Pampered Chef thing for a little bit, but really got into the online space right at, in like the 2010 era, and it was just an awesome opportunity to kind of jump in when blogging first started, and people were like, oh, I can make money online became a virtual assistant, wrote uh, for bloggers, influencers, ghostwriter, did recipes, kind of a lot of different hats that I wore throughout the years. As I was growing my business, I was adding babies. And so things were constantly morphing and changing. And one of the things that happened in my journey was we had three biological boys and we decided we really wanted to adopt. We were fostering some teenage boys at the time. And my husband and I were like, we're not going to get pregnant again. We'll just have another boy. And so we got licensed for a baby. 
we got called for twin infant girls who are three weeks old in the NICU and found out they had a brother who was uh, two years older than them. And within a year and a half, we went from three kids to six kids. So we have identical twin girls and involuntary twin boys in the middle is what we call them because they're six weeks apart. So that's how we ended up with our stack of kiddos. And we just, we call it chaos and crazy in our family every single day, but we love it and embrace the crazy. And along the journey, you know, I kept leaning into what worked for me and trying different things landed on uh, blogging for a while and became a PR, helping with producing events, being a guest coach. And I fell in love with coaching and helping other women grow their businesses and find ways to make it happen when they're in the weeds of motherhood, where there's constant chaos and understanding, hey, I don't have to have a business that looks like everybody else. I can customize it to look like me. And that's something I had to learn for myself. And now I get to teach other mom entrepreneurs the same thing. Oh, thank you so much for sharing all that. That's so beautiful. And I was that family, Lonnie. I I had the three boys and I had another. And guess what? I had another boy. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, you're right. (laughs) Yep. I told my husband, I was like, you're only making boys. And we were fostering a bunch of teenage boys and we loved them. And they asked us not to adopt them. They were graduating out of the system. And they're just like, you know, we love you know, all this stuff. So we're just like, hey, we'll totally respect that. And uh, we wanted another. We knew our family wasn't complete yet, so yeah, yeah not going to take another chance. But we ended up with yeah. another boy and two girls, <laughs> so yeah. it's technically my fault. My husband says if we have a chaotic <laughs> day, he's like, "You wanted this." <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure the good outweighs the the pros oh, outweigh the cons there. For so sure. much, so much. Yeah. So before we dive into business, and I know you are a business strategist, you're going to give us so much good stuff there. We got to dive into motherhood just a bit because mm-hmm. you are like doing things that none of us feel like we could probably be capable of doing with six kids, with just all the moving parts. Did you always want a big family? Your kids are a little bit older now. What do you think's been the hardest year or the hardest season in your opinion to date? And I'm curious how you worked through that. Like give us some words of encouragement if we're currently <laughs> feeling like we're in a hard season. Yeah, I always wanted a big family. I did, um, jokingly, I did tell my husband I wanted six kids when we were dating. And he was like, I want two. And so if we can see who <laughs> went out in that one. Um, no, when when it comes to how do you do it all, I get that question all the time. And I will tell you, it's the same way you do it with one or two. You just wake up every day and you choose to be a mom. And you choose to show up for your kids and your family. And you figure it out. And that's one of the reasons why I believe moms are the best entrepreneurs, because no one is standing there saying you have to be a good entrepreneur. No one's standing there saying you have to be a good mom. You get the choice to stand up and wake up every day and say, okay, I'm going to make this work for me and my family and whatever our budget is, whatever our home looks like, whatever my time looks like, we just do. And so there's not no special sauce that I have that no other mom has. I would say that. Um, but I do feel like you grow and learn as you're in the, the chaos of it. Like you don't know you can handle two kids until you have two kids, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just no guarantee. So that that's kind of where I approach with the big family. Anybody who says, oh, I don't know how you do it. say, like, I don't know how I do it until I do it. But there's just a little bit of figuring out. And then you get more comfortable with it. 
you know, just get more into routines. You kind of discover what works for you, what's important to you. I think the biggest thing I learned uh, along the journey was as a mom of six, I don't have a family that looks like a lot of other people. So that means I need to adjust my expectations to be my own expectations, not what I see on Pinterest or on Instagram or even other moms of six, because my kiddos, uh, some of them have special needs. Some of them have sensory processing disorder. We, we have a little bit of chaos added, added in that other families don't. And so I had to learn to accept that my chaos could be different and be okay. And where did I need to balance that? The probably the hardest age was when they were, you know, real little, my, when our, everybody was home. So when our family finally was complete, the ages were seven, five, three, three, one, and one. Wow. So it was very intense. And uh, again, like I said, we have special needs kiddos in our household. And so balancing that with, you know, just the volume of children was just a learning curve, really just Mm -hmm. trying to discover, okay, how do I get them the support that they need? Is this normal behavior? Is this just me meeting the parent better? There was a lot of those questions and self-doubt that you just took time to unpack and a lot of grace had to be given along the way. And I learned a lot about judging myself harshly and also how to take criticism from other people who didn't understand maybe our family dynamics. You know, my twins almost got kicked out of preschool, uh, you know, just all kinds of fun stuff that happened. But really, that was probably the most difficult age to navigate because they were so, so much need happening at the same time from so many little ones. Yeah, yeah, I bet. That's such good advice. And I kind of, I'm kind of happy to hear that you said it was when they were really little (laughs) because you know what you often hear is when you're in the trenches of raising little kids and it is hard. It is hard to have toddlers and babies and not be sleeping and all the moving parts and then kids starting school and all the emotion that goes with that. It's really a hard season. But then you'll inevitably, you'll meet like a teen mom and she'll be like, just wait, just wait till they're teenagers. And you're like, well, shit, when am I going to get like the season that's fun? You know, like that's not completely killing me or depleting me. So like I I heard Jen Hatmaker say that too once. I don't know if you know Jen Hatmaker. Mm -hmm. She said when her kids were little was the hardest season for her too. And you know what? It's relief a little bit because, you know, you're not just like all tense waiting for the teenage years then and feeling like you're just waiting for something like harder to happen. Like at least you can feel like you made it through a really hard time and maybe now it might even become slightly easier. And it's not to say the teen years aren't hard, but like it's going to be hard for different people at different times. So anyways, I just want to call that out. Yeah, it's a different season. And I I got really mad when I was younger, when I t- I called it when they would curse down on me. These other moms who are seasoned moms, like, don't come in and be like, just you wait. And I'm like, I'm literally hanging on by a thread and you're doing that. That was not helpful. So yeah. really made me mad when they would do that. And, and honestly, as the kids are getting older, 
we're having so much more fun and there's still hard seasons. There's still things we have to navigate. We are in hormone central around here. I mean, like seriously, everybody is in puberty and it is intense some days. Uh, so instead of fighting over toys, we go immediate fisticuffs cuffs or, uh, you know, yelling at each other or crying at the drop of a hat. So there's a whole new level of fun to navigate, but it's, it's yeah. different. And I just, I don't like hearing other moms say, you know, anything is horrible or just wait or any yeah. of those things. That's just so, it's just like in business. Well, just wait till you have hit this thing and then you'll really know what it's like. What are you talking about? You know, it's this, hard all the time. It can be hard anytime. Yeah, yeah. And it can also be easy and you can also get mm -hmm. support and you can also enjoy the season you're in. And Absolutely. that's the thing that I've been trying to embrace for, you know, the journey because when the girls, before they got diagnosed, I used to think, oh, they're, they're going to grow out of this. They're going to grow out of this. And I kept thinking that. And finally I was like, we're not growing out of this. <laughs> this is, mm. this is here to stay. This is a behavior that's not changing or uh, something that we're having happen. So we had to figure out a solution that was unique instead of just waiting for the season to pass. Yeah. Yeah. It is truly always about the perspective that we put on it. Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely. We can feel like we're in a hard season or we can feel like we're in a season and we're grateful for the things that it's bringing yeah. us, whether that's yeah. even just like the introspection, the self personal growth, whatever mm -hmm. that is. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up. All right, Lonnie, what is something I'm so curious about this? What is something you do daily when it comes to managing motherhood and business that is a non-negotiable for you? Okay. This is a great question. And I will say this started when the girls were little, when all the kiddos were little, uh, we, I sat down and said, I need to have flexibility in my day. So I've, I don't view my day as locked in, in stone with red ink. This is what I have to get done. I am capable of being flexible with my day and my week. So if I keep that in mind, it doesn't matter what comes up how I'm feeling, how, what chaos the kids bring. I get a call from school is to view it and say, okay, what is, okay, what am I capable of doing today? And then if I need to move it around and change it, I'm okay with that and coming at my schedule with flexibility and openness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great tip. Love it. You also have a very interesting way that you like to strategize when it comes to business. You do it backwards. So tell us more about that. Yes. So again, because I know every mom is different. Every, you know, how many kids she has, how much time does she have available? What stage are your kiddos in? Are they real little and need more attention? Are they in school or is it summertime? There's so many nuances that we have to deal with and they're constantly changing as well. So instead of saying, hey, there's one strategy you have to do and you have to make it, you have to go show up and work that strategy. I go backwards. I say, let's start with your time. Let's start with your energy, your priorities. Um, what do you want for your goals? And then we take the strategies and customize it to fit your time, your energy, your priorities, your, even your personality and how you want to show up for your business. And I find when we do it that direction, it brings a lot of customization, self-leadership and flexibility so that you can show up with alignment and repeated action because otherwise 
this is how we burn out. Or we like, oh, I have to do this, this, and this. And then we're just exhausted or we don't have enough time or we get derailed because the kiddos get sick. So coming the opposite direction really allows us to build a business that we love and we can show up for it in less time. Yeah, I love that. And just honoring who you are. Like I think self-awareness mm-hmm. is one of those so big, super undervalued tools that we all have access to that so many people just aren't aware of or don't utilize. Mm -hmm. But the more you know about who you are as a person, I mean, I love all that stuff. Those assessments. I love to learn about my human design. I love to learn about like my astrology chart. Like all these things are such good elements to be able to lead and guide the way, right? About how you are showing up. Are you showing up authentically you or are you just trying to fit into a box, you know, a square box when you're round or your triangular or your mm-hmm. rectangular or whatever it is. Yes. The self-leadership part, self-awareness part is missing from so many entrepreneurs' business plans and their mm-hmm. strategies of how they're showing up. They're trying to copycat. And this is where we end up kind of setting ourselves up for failure is we see somebody who seems to be just like us. They're in the same industry. They have the same amount of kids. They, you know, same ages all of the things we admire them and they're just going at it and they seem to have so much success. So with that, we try to reverse engineer. What are they doing? I'm going to go do that. And then why is it not working for me? And then we start to think, oh, well, something's wrong with me and I must be the one, the problem and nobody cares about me. And I, I, whatever story we start to tell ourselves, the imposter syndrome comes up and it's just not true. The fact of the matter is it works for her because she's leaning into herself and really understanding what works for her in her zone of genius in her time. And we also don't know the whole story. So be to keep from that happening, you need to bring any, you take any strategy you want to that someone else is doing. And if you understand yourself and learn how to customize it, you can make it work for you. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So I know this was, I was guilty of this when I first started my business and a lot of moms starting their businesses, they're just like throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what sticks, right? And again, I was guilty. I did this and it was frustrating. So what's the answer here when it comes to business strategy? So you're not feeling that frustration or feeling stuck if this is where you feel like you're at right now. Um, so if you've done spaghetti at the wall for your business up until this point, that's okay. Everybody has to start with some spaghetti at the wall kind of thing. And what what gets you going usually is the spaghetti at the wall, but it can't sustain you because we can't track the data. Mm-hmm. I find that if we aren't able to really understand and repeat the actions we're doing for our business, we get a lot of drama. And a lot of big feelings around it and feeling like, oh, it's not working for me. It's, you know, like what we were talking about just the last question. But what what happens what is because we throw spaghetti at the wall, but there's no way to track anything to see what worked, what didn't work. And so we chalk it up to, oh, maybe that was luck. I got that last client or that last sale. Or I seem to be doing the same actions I was doing before, but are you really? Do you know? Those kinds of things. So I really highly recommend having a way of tracking your business actions, your strategies, the processes that you do and repeat them. It doesn't have to be massive, big things. It could be as small as 10 minutes a day. I have a marketing strategy that I teach. It is just 10 minutes a day. And it seems so simple, but it's extremely powerful for my clients and for myself. And we see a lot of 
impact from those 10 minutes because we're repeating actions over and over again and we're tracking the data so we know exactly what works and what doesn't work to grow your audience. And then that allows you to do more of the things that are working and less of the things that are not. So if you are feeling like, hey, nothing's working or I'm not sure why I got this result, step back, start to track the actual actions you're doing. How often are you doing them? How often are you showing up to do it? How much time is it taking you? Because I know for me, I discovered when I first started to really think about my business in, in a business strategy way about 10 years ago, I realized that sometimes I thought I was doing a lot of actions, but really they were just on my to-do list and I was thinking about them, not actually doing the mm. actions. And so my brain was registering, oh, she must have done this because I thought about it so much, but it actually wasn't showing up. Or I did it maybe one or two times, not 30 times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you said that. Years ago when I worked in the corporate world and I was um, overseeing our sales team, I had everybody read this book called Fanatical Prospecting. And okay. in the book, it was all about how when prospecting's hard, you know, right? Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of rejection, a lot, you know, it's when they, he asked all the sales associates like, hey, how many calls have you made today? They always inflated the number. And it wasn't on purpose. Like their yep. brains really thought they had made so many more calls because they had so much rejection coming through that it was really hard to like muster up the motivation and energy to make more, you know, more calls. So mm -hmm. I, I get, totally get where you're coming from when you say that. Yes. And, yeah. and I had, I've had a client or two tell me, you know, I've advertised my workshop or I've advertised my freebie or I've done this, all this work, no one's signing up. And then when I go back and I look through all their content, I'm like, actually in the last 30 days, it was twice. So no wonder you didn't have anybody sign mm -hmm. up for it because you didn't, mm -hmm. you thought you did, but really you didn't yeah. tell anybody yeah. about it. Numbers don't lie. <laughs> no, they don't. I call it data over drama, ladies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love it. Well, we are going to move on now to our lightning part of the show where we're just going to ask you some random personal questions just so our listeners can get to know you a little bit more on the personal level. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Would you consider yourself more of an introvert or an extrovert? Probably an extrovert. Okay. Yeah. I love talking okay. to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Very important question. Nail salon, hair salon, or spa? You can only pick one place to visit for the rest of your life. Which one is it? I'd probably say hair salon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although I love my nails getting done, I would want my hair to be done. <laughs> it's a hard question. It's a hard it is question. a hard one. That's really hard. What if you could have any superpower? What would it be? probably to freeze time. Mm -hmm. Definitely what want to freeze time. Freeze I think time. freeze time so that I can still move, but everybody else is stuck in the same place and I could get <laughs> dinner done without interruption <laughs> or read a book. I don't know. It's kind of for selfish reasons, not for more productivity, more of like, I'll freeze time. You guys stay there. I'm going to go take some time off for me and then we'll come back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Totally. Something, some, something interrupt, uninterrupted. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've learned a lot about you, but what's something most people don't know about you? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I think I'm originally from Hawaii. My first name is Keigilani. 
So I go by Lonnie because it's so much easier for everybody to say and spell. <laughs> um, but I lived in Hawaii all my life, was born and raised there. And I ice skated while I was there. That was my sport of choice, which ice is hilarious. In Hawaii. I, I know, right? <laughs> so wow. I, I ice skated for several years in um, elementary, middle school, and high school. Well, that's awesome. And that is truly a fun fact. Thank you for sharing. Super random. Like you lived in Hawaii and you ice skated. That's. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. All right. Well, tell our listeners where they can find you before we officially wrap up today's episode. So you can find me on uh, in my Facebook group, the Community for Mom Entrepreneurs, the Brilliant Mompreneurs Society. It is a group on Facebook that is made for you to come in and talk about your business. There are very few rules. Basically, the main rule is don't be obnoxious and uh, show up and support other people. So that community is there. I would love for you to join. I'm also on Instagram, Lonnie J. Jackson, and I have my podcast, The Brilliant Mompreneurs Podcast, which I would love for you to come over and hang out with me there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Lonnie. This has been such a wonderful episode, and I know I gained a ton of value, and I'm sure our listeners will too. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Mama Work It podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and would love if you could take a quick minute to leave me a review on whichever platform you're listening from and maybe even send a note to a fellow mama friend recommending it. Reviews and recs help this podcast grow and reach more like-minded, awesome moms. And if you haven't subscribed yet, don't forget to click that button so we can stay in touch, girl. By the way, If you haven't checked out the Mama Work It website, please do. There are lots of free resources and great articles there that can help you with the juggle of work life, mom life, wife life, fill in the blank life. So head on over. Thanks again for being part of the tribe. I'll see you soon. But in the meantime, keep on working it, mama.